Good afternoon, Tuscaloosa and Internet World. How we doing on a beautiful Thursday? Welcome in. This is the Joe Gaither Show right here on Bama Central and BamaCentral.com. We are proud to be part of the BamaCentral.com broadcasting network. You're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Music, on Audible. You're watching us on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter. We invite you to jump in and join the show at Joe Gaither 6, anywhere that you find us on social media, and the Joe Gaither Show on Bama Central, anywhere that you find uh, your podcast. And we appreciate Bama Central putting us on. You can find our other Bama Central podcasts, Blue Collar Unplugged and All Things Bama, also right there on BamaCentral.com and Spotify, Apple Music as well. Our friends Austin Hannon and Katie Wendham putting out an episode this morning about Clemson being drawn as Alabama's ACC-SEC matchup opponent, and the Blue Collar Unplugged Boys have had a very, very busy week already. Talk about Javon Quinterly's transfer and what is NATO it's going to do, pivoting, it sounds like, two West Virginia prospects, two West Virginia transfer portalese are on the NATO's radar, but that's what's on, the ta- on tap for those programs this program hopefully we're gonna have a fun show today i really really appreciate everybody jumping in and joining us today we've already talked to kendall hollowell all of the nfl network earlier this week if you missed that conversation you can hear it on the tuesday edition kendall and i talked about bryce young mac jones Jalen Hurts and Tua Tungavailoa, all four Alabama quarterbacks in the NFL. So really, really had a good time talking with Kendall on Tuesday. Today, oh my gosh, cannot wait. I am very, very blessed to be joined by Mac Hereford, Mr. Mac Hereford, former Alabama wide receiver, played wide receiver right here at the Capstone, one mile away maybe uh, from 2016 to 2020. Right here, a part of what two national championship teams, and really, really uh, a part, a, a great member for the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide team. Now you see him all on social media, really uh, tearing it up on the social media life, marketing, and in golf, and in pickleball, and doing all kinds of things. So, Mac, I am so so grateful that you have uh, carved out some of your time today, and, and thank you again for uh, the last minute change on the time. Thank you so much. How are you doing this today? Joe, I'm doing great. Unbelievable uh, intro makes me feel really good. I'm happy to be here. Uh, extremely blessed to be here and, and honored that you invited me on the show. So excited to be on here. Can't wait to talk some Bama football and life and more. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we're uh, here for. We're trying to get to know and get to uh, understand the 2023 Alabama Crimson Tide football team. Uh, before we jump into really the meat of the conversation, what's your summer been like? Well, how has the Herf life been treating you? Everybody can look up hashtag Herf life to, to see what Mac Hereford's been up to. Uh, what's the summer been looking like for you? How busy has it been? It has been busy to say the least. I feel like I'm traveling almost every single weekend. I'm here in Nashville, Tennessee, but you know, here, back and forth i've gone to birmingham gone to uh different other places but i'm I'm just constantly traveling i just did a cool event with a group called the hoop bus recently um that was a group that was you know they came to nashville they have a basketball goal on a bus uh, and they go around and bring communities together and spread love through the game of basketball so i did a little event with them played in their celebrity all-star game on like two weeks ago which was a ton of fun uh and then been just Honestly, just going different places. I'm about to go here to the MLB All-Star Game, not this weekend, but the next. Uh, we'll be at the MLL, MLS All-Star Week. We'll actually uh, be at SEC Media Days as well. So nonstop going. Uh, absolutely love it, though, and and happy to be doing what I'm doing. And uh, busy summer, but uh, extremely, extremely excited. Yeah, quick sidebar off that, uh, off those uh, news and notes. What are you doing with Apple TV and the MLS? You're you're kind of one of their partnering, kind of helping uh, spread the MLS, and obviously major major news in the MLS with uh, Leo Messi coming to enter Miami and Sergio Busquets following him. What are you? What's your involvement with the MLS and Apple TV? 
Yeah, so Apple TV bought the brought, bought the streaming rights of the MLS uh, and have something called the MLS Season Pass, which is a you know where you go to Apple and are allowed to see all the games, watch all the games live from wherever, can see replays and all that sort of thing, sort of thing. But uh, so Apple just started a content creator program with a group called Get Engaged Media this year, and they reached out and said, "Hey, would you love to be? Would you like to be a part of this? We see you've been to some of the games and uh, you like sports." And I was like, "Look." You know, I, I don't know everything about soccer. I played it when I was younger. Absolutely love the sport and love just, you know, anything that involves the Nashville community and Nashville's team. Nashville SC is an awesome team. Tons of fun to go to their games. So I started doing stuff with them where I'll go to games, post some content. Uh, if I'm not at the game, hey, I'll, I'll post some content. I was actually watching like a game on a mountain the other day uh, using the Apple <laughs> Apple TV app. Uh, so it's, it's been a cool thing and I'm, I'm excited and I'll be at the MLS All-Star Week for a couple of days doing some stuff with Apple and, and getting to meet some of their crew uh, as well as some of the MLS crew. So well, I'm that'll, be, that'll be awesome. If you, uh, if you meet Messi, don't wash your hand for like a week or whatever, <laughs> that, that will be incredible. And we're looking forward to keep up. If you want to follow Mac Hereford and all his adventures, you can follow him on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Mac underscore Hereford. And the big one on TikTok is just Mac Hereford altogether. Correct. That's correct. All right. Make sure you follow him. You'll keep up with all his adventures, always out there uh, doing really uh, – I like the trick shots, the golf stuff, the, the pickleball. You'll have to tell us a little about pickleball towards the end of the things, but really just a great follow and, and really just uh, give this, you're, you give us the serotonin every morning. When I get up and I'm like, all right, what's the five minutes? Oh, Max doing this, hitting a golf ball. Okay, I'm, I'm ready to get going because you're always very, very busy. Always. I, I love staying busy um, and, and love running around, playing sports, doing what I love and, and meeting new people. So let's get into uh, let's get into the conversation for Alabama football and really kind of uh, pick your brain for your expertise. Mac Hereford played wide receiver right here at the Capstone 2016 to 2020, uh, put in a lot of work, winning some national championships. And there's a lot of parallels, Mac, from this year's 2023 team to really kind of looking at the 2016 team, your initial freshman year. Um, the first parallel, obviously, is is the quarterback. In 2016, you walked in, you were a freshman, didn't know who was going to be the starter. Lots of people talking, Blake Barnett, and really just a bevy of quarterbacks kind of going into that year. David Cornwell as well was kind of in that mix. There was a couple of them in that mix. But Jalen Hurts uh, takes the starting job, uh, drive number two into week number one. What's that summer like? What's that summer like uh, going into the year, not knowing who the quarterback is? You all want to follow the best guy, and you all want to be good teammates, but you kind of also know who's leading the charge, and you know, you all have your kind of, I want this guy to be the starter. What's that summer look like as a team member watching quarterbacks compete for a starting job? Well, so it's it's funny you said that because that's literally when I was thinking when I've, anyone's asked me about this whole quarterback thing, I'm like, gosh, this is like deja vu. I mean, I, twice at Alabama during my career, I feel like we've had you know two quarterback like two times where there was like a quarterback battle. Um, I would say the thing is it's it's interesting. You know, I, I remember I take myself back, put myself in the shoes of my freshman year, freshman summer. You know, I had a lot of classes with Jalen. It wasn't really like we. The, the thing that's crazy is we're on the team and we think we know the news and, and what's going on in the media. You know, people think we would know things before prior. But to be honest, we never really knew until the time came where they're like, hey, this is going to be the guy starting game one. We didn't know. And I think Coach Saban does a great job. You know, these guys are all battling it out. We, we don't focus on it. I, I think people, you know, obviously there's like, Hey, who's it going to be? And a lot of friends off the field, and a lot of people who are not in the program were asking about us, asking about the quarterback battle. But as a player, it's really interesting. Coach Saban does an unbelievable job 
of being able to keep guys focused. You hear the thing, the process all the time, the process, the process, the process. Well, he, he, he preaches what he, uh, what he speaks, you know, we are, uh, teaches, wait, I, I don't know the right term, but it's what I'm trying to say, but basically he just ingrains that into our heads that it's all about the process. It's all about getting better. And regardless of who the quarterback is, we're going to be Alabama. And I think that's the thing that's important to know at the end of the day, like we can all talk about the quarterback battle. It's very interesting and intriguing. And we got some good quarterbacks in the battle this year in the mix, but, um, is a player, you know, we didn't really think about that that much. Uh, like I said, the only conversations I had about it were off the field. Um, so it's very interesting uh, how it worked out. And then, you know, until that first game happened, it was such a close battle that if it's like that this year, if it's close enough going into that first game, I'm sure we're going to see different guys get different opportunities. And, you know, you never know who it's going to be because, like, you go back to my year, the season, my freshman year, um, I think Blake Barnett came out and started. And then Jalen Hurts ended up coming in. And then, you know, he took – he went on to become the starter. So you never know what's going to happen, but this year is very interesting. I think, you know, Milrow reminds me of an almost underdeveloped Jalen Hurts. Uh, Jalen Hurts. He's got the, you know, speed. He's almost like a running back back there. When you saw him in games last year, he had these sparks where he was just unbelievable. I was talking to my buddy Nelson Jetmanson about it, who knows a lot about Bama football. And he was saying the same thing. Like Milrow was working on his leadership, uh, his charisma, getting guys out to train in Florida is a huge step. Um, and then you have Ty Simpson looking really sharp after his surgery. Um, and then, at, it, correct me if I'm wrong, how, how do you say the last guy's last name? Lonergan? Lonergan? Uh, Dylan Lonergan is Lonergan. the uh, true freshman. You got They brought in Tyler Buckner for uh, the transfer from Notre Dame. And then yep. uh, Eli Holstein is also the true freshman. So Holstein is a true freshman from Louisiana, and Lonergan is a true freshman from uh, Brookwood, Georgia. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot of talk about Lonergan and, and just being an impre impressive early uh, could essentially be a dark horse. But all that to say, it's a great it's a great group of guys. And, you know, I'm looking forward to us figuring out. I know it has almost everyone on edge, but the thing to remember and to be cognizant of is like Coach Saban knows what he's doing. He's the best in the business for a reason. And at the end of the day, the best quarterback who, you know, makes the team the best is going to start. And I think it has a little bit to do, too, when I think when Coach Saban looks at it, he likes that leadership. That's why I'm like kind of leaning with I think that Milrow's got the you know best shot to at least start the first game right now is a lot about that leadership. Whoever's getting guys to follow them and guys are just rallying behind is going to be the guy he's going to want to put out there because that affects the whole team chemistry. A thousand percent, and I'll just be biased with you or, or let me let you know I am on Team Milrow just because I think the <laughs> athleticism just gives you so many options as as an offensive play caller. It's very interesting that you, in your in your answer that you say, oh, we didn't really think about it, especially considering you played wide receiver. How does Coach Saban – I mean, this is, as you said, about a second or third time going through a quarterback uh, kind of battle, per se, at Alabama, what he did it with AJ, AJ and Phillip Sims, and then, so maybe fourth time. Time. But he's done it. He's handled it so masterfully, really, every time. With the transfer portal kind of looming over your head and quarterback being that position where only one guy plays, what is it about Coach Saban that, that really keeps everybody engaged? You kind of saw what happened with Georgia with Justin Fields and um, Justin Fields and, and their previous quarterback, uh, Jake Fromm. They kind of had that battle and Fields transferred out. But nobody transferred out with Jalen and Tua until the very end, Tua, or Jalen doing kind of his due diligence and graduating. How does Coach Saban keep everybody engaged and really just, you know, we're not thinking about it. We're all focused on our own job. Yeah, I think it's a little bit tougher now considering there's NIL involved. But if we look back to when I was playing the game, that was one of the questions my dad and I always talked about. How is it possible that these four and five stars come out 
and they're riding, you know, they sit the bench for two to three years. They're not playing. How are they staying? Why aren't they transferring? You know, because they could play at almost any other school in the country and start and be a star. Well, I just think it, it all goes back to the way Coach Saban coaches and teaches. And that's the thing that he always teaches and tells us about the process. And I know I'm like running that word into the ground, but the process, it, it matters. And he, he's got examples, which is a key thing with that. So you look at guys, he uses examples like Mac Jones, you know, is sitting behind all the time. And then he finally gets the opportunity. What do you know? He's drafted the Patriots. You look at Kenyon Drake, wasn't even start, like never was a true starter for Alabama at running back, gets drafted has a great NFL career. So he uses these examples to tell people, and it works. Hey, if you want to be the best at your position and you want to develop to be the best person, quarterback, running back, whatever position it may be, stay here. And I can promise you it's going to work out. And for almost every guy that's done that, it's worked out. I mean, even I saw Blake Sims posted something on Instagram the other day. You know, another great, another great example of someone who stuck it out got his opportunity and it doesn't always work out like that like look there's there's situations where those where you can sit there for four years and you might not ever get an opportunity but i think if you're willing to invest in the team and invest in what coach shaven's telling you um you're going to be great at what you do and you're going to get an opportunity somewhere well can i can i ask you um really about a guy who stuck it out and didn't really uh josh mcmillan you, you're close with josh mcmillan linebacker for the last couple Great of years guy. uh and, and really stuck it out and hit the transfer portal came back in and found a role as a fullback and inside linebacker what does it mean like for a guy who okay he's not in the nfl but has just developed as a human in the program for for so long Coach Saban, what what does that development do for a person post football career? I mean, you can speak for your own self. I mean, on not in the NFL, but doing very very well post football. What he does for these players who stick it out. Yeah, I think that you learn a lot through. I know a lot of people, um, you know, talk about just the journey, but I think the the journey. So there's obviously there's results, there's you know awards, prizes you can get at the end of the journey. But I think what happens is at Alabama, if you stick it out, if you invest it goes a lot bigger than the game of football. And that's what I found for myself. You know, I'm investing in this team. I wanted to play. Heck, I would do anything to get on that field. I would die on that field. But the thing is, at the end of the day, I might not get my opportunity, but now I realize, wow, all that work, everything I put in for a cause that was bigger than myself, how important, how special that was, and how it's developed me to where I am now. And you look at Josh McMillan, unbelievable guy, um, great guy. And he, he sticks it out at Alabama. He learns how to adapt. And they also, you know, gave him opportunities at different spots, different places. They wanted to try to incorporate him because uh, there's some guys who we see that stick around and they don't invest. You know, they may be a four-star wide receiver or five-star wide receiver, and they're sitting the bench and they're like kind of they, – they check out. Well, Josh McMillan didn't check out. He stayed there the whole entire – his whole entire career was a leader on and off the field. Um, you know, that's going to propel him to get opportunities in the future. So the things you learn through the journey of being there, investing in the program and, and through learning from Coach Saban, uh, who's a mastermind, is going to last you a lifetime. Absolutely. We're, we're talking with Mac Hereford, Alabama wide receiver from 2016 to 2020. And you're listening right here to jo the Joe Gaither Show on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, and the like. Mac, I want to bring you on mostly to talk about wide receivers well, because you were an expert in the position. And last year, lots of people kind of gave a, a black eye to the wide receivers, said, oh, they weren't up to snuff, didn't play as well. I'm really excited about this group. I think, oh my gosh, this group is loaded with talent. Um, I'm hoping maybe you can help me catch on a nickname 
for the guys, the killer bees, Burton Bond, Brooks, Burton Bond, Brooks, uh, who's the last one? Oh, Benson, Benson, Benson. So uh, what are you thinking about this year's wide receiver crew? Lots of, obviously, the focus is on the quarterback at the beginning of the conversation, but you got to have good receivers. What do you think about the development at the receivers, bringing in Benson, and then the second year for a lot of these uh, a lot of these guys who came in last year? Yeah, I would say that, it, like, at the wide receiver position, my main thing is you got to catch the football. And I think last year we saw a little bit of that, of, like, guys either not getting open – as much as we wanted them to, or not catching the ball when they got that opportunity. I, I, like I like to say, if it touches your hands, you got to catch it. It's always on me. Like, you know, when you look at the wide receiver position, it's got to be that mindset that it's never on the quarterback. You know, it's, it's your responsibility and you take credit for it. And I feel like sometimes last year we saw just got like, I don't know if it's discipline. I don't know if it's, you know, awareness, what it may be, but I think there's a lack of guys getting open and just, I, I didn't see a lot of leadership like we've had in the past. Now I'm not inside the locker room, so there could it could be completely different. But looking forward to this year, I think you know we have a great wide receiver coach. I think that guys are going to realize that you know start to think like I think that narrative maybe in their head like ah oh, people were saying we're not the best, and I hope that drives them. I hope that makes them better, uh, and they come out there with a fire because we've had such good wide receiver crews. Um, and in particular, I, I know we we talked about or you mentioned one of the guys, Burton, uh, Jermaine Burton. You know we look at him. A lot of people have been you know. I guess, bashing him or talking negatively. One, I think, is because of his speed. Um, but the guy's physical, and he has good hands. I think that if Jermaine Burton, uh, you know, works on his route running and takes it very serious and and makes that part of his game special and, you know, one of his strengths, I, you know, a guy who I think he reminds me of if he gets that right is an Ardarius Stewart. Ardarius Stewart was not the fastest guy, but unbelievable leader. He, he's, you know, Burton's got a lot of fire, but if he turns that into passion for the game, like our Darius Stewart did and becomes a gamer, he could be a huge part of the offense. So I like to take sometimes some of the things that people uh, like to, you know, some of their bad traits or their things that are not as good and how they can make those um, into a, a specialty. And I think Burton, you take his speed and maybe he's not the fastest, but that gives him an opportunity to upgrade on his route running, gives him an opportunity to be more physical, use his hands, uh, create separation and be a gamer. And like I said, I, I think if he does those things, maybe we see him like a little bit like our Darius Stewart. Oh, I love that. Let's put a sledgehammer in, in, in his hand and let him lead the team out, uh, get the attitude going. Exactly. Like our <laughs> Stu was not the fastest, but he was he was he was quick and he was just a gamer and he had leadership and he had he was fire. You and know, he was I, a wide receiver who had that oomph in him. And that's what I want to see more of out of Burton for sure. I, I agree with you. I feel like every time the ball was in the air, Stewart was like, either I'm getting it or no one is. So it, I love that comparison. <laughs> What do you think Tommy Reese will do for this offense to open things up? I think a lot of people were critical of Bill O'Brien's offense last year, getting the wide receivers open. Do you think Tommy Reese will uh, improve in that area? I definitely think so. You know, again, I, I don't want to be uh, bland with a lot of these answers, but when we look at Coach Saban, he's making an, a hire. He's doing something. You got to trust whatever Coach Saban's doing. So he saw something in Tommy Reese that regardless of any of us see it right now, he saw it. Now, when we look at the age of Tommy Reese, he's younger. He's 31 years old. And I, I know we talked about it a little bit prior, but like it's almost crazy. Like we're around that age. Uh, does that, you know, change anything with respect from players, whatever it may be? And my answer is I think it can only be a positive. I think it can be a, a big positive and um, not only a positive. I think obviously there's some things that are negative about it, but I think that it can be a massive positive. And the reason why is you look at Charlie Weiss Jr who went over and was at Bama originally, then went over to FAU, youngest offensive coordinator at the time he went there. Their first season, he did great. 
he did great. Their second season, he did unbelievable. So age, I think, can only it can benefit you if you use it the right way in the sense that he's going to relate to players better than a guy who's 40, 50 May. And so I think it's cool to bring someone who's young and, you know, hungry on to is the offensive coordinator. Hopefully he mixes things up. I think we'll see an exciting offense this year. Um, and I think there's, again, Coach Bill O'Brien, a lot of people said he lacked like this just versatility um, at the college level of changing up the playbook and, you know, getting different things going and utilizing different players. And I think with that being said, Coach Saban sees all that too. So we're getting a guy who's definitely going to bring in some excitement. Um, and like I said, I think the age can be a huge benefit because he'll be able to relate to these guys better um, and also demand respect. Mac, what's the wide receiver legacy at Alabama mean to you? Over the, Really, since you began in 2016, the rideouts kind of got rolling. The Jerry Chuhis, the Devontae Smiths, the wide receiver legacy, I mean, obviously it was laid down with Julio and Amari Cooper beforehand, but it really got rolling once you once you got onto campus. What does it mean to you now being post, uh, post-college football and still seeing everybody talk about the rideouts and continuing the legacy of the wide receivers and trying to play up to the standard that really you and your group uh, laid down for everybody? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. When I think about it, I'm like, gosh, freshman year, you had Calvin Ridley, Cam Sims, Garrick Dieter, you know, like then you have Jerry Judy, Devonte Smith, Jalen Waddle, Henry Ruggs, like Mechie. You, the list goes on. It exploded in your it, area. It really did. And I think looking back at it, it's, uh, one is I, I'm extremely thankful to have even been, been a part of that group. You know, I loved being a part of that group and I loved the work ethic that people put it, the guys put in, because if you, if I, when I think back back at it, I'm like, yes, we had the most talented guys. But the thing that I love the most was the effort that the guys put in with the talent they had. I've been in other places. I've seen other things. You know, I've seen other people work. I've seen top wide receivers at high schools, whatever it may be. And a lot of times when you have so much talent, they're going to lack a little bit of work ethic, effort. With these guys, it was the opposite. You saw the best of the best talent-wise working the hardest out of all the people out of all the players. Uh, but being a part of that group is just something I'll always cherish for the rest of my life. You know, the ride outs, the gang, the boys, uh, is, is a pretty unbelievable thing that I got to be a part of that and extremely thankful for it. Um, and looking back at it, I'll never forget, you know, those seasons I had with those guys, the relationships I built. And I hope that the guys, you know, I think that's why we take such pride as a group. I think the guys talk about it. I'm sure like, you know, last year guys tweeted about it, said things because we take a lot of pride. Like there's a standard. There's a standard at every single position. But it was like we created a new standard, you know, with with the wide receiver groups that oh, yeah. were there during that time. Um, and other guys have got to own up to that. And, and we're hope we're looking forward to that. And I think it's going to be so exciting when this group, if they come out here and ball out this year, takes pride in it uh, and does what we used to do back in the day. What does Coach Saban need to see from a receiver uh, to gain trust in him to, 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 to put him out on a field? I feel like uh, we've had highly uh, highly hyped receivers before, and it's taken them a minute to get onto the field because Coach Saban always likes to, oh, I need to trust them that they're going to do what they need to do. What are the steps or what are the things that the receivers need to do to prove themselves, I guess, on the practice field and off the off the, the game surface uh, to Coach Saban to, that you're uh, okay or good enough to go into games? I think it's a lot of things, and I think it's actually pretty similar to any any and every position what Coach Saban expects. And that's the fact that it doesn't matter who you are, you're going to have to earn your spot. But the crazy thing that people don't you know, sometimes realize is we may have a guy who's playing scout team, wide receiver, who may have just been a five-star out of, out of high school, who's one of these guys we're talking about. Super hyped up guy, could be you know, a baller. The ma- one of the main things I see is consistency. Are they going to bring it on and off the field? Not only that, but like on first team or on scout team. 
I need a guy to show up constantly. And I remember Coach Saban would watch these guys who were on the scout team, and if they're not putting in the work, he's watching this film. He's going to know. He watches the D- – he's all around the DBs. So he sees us going up against those guys each and every day. He's going to need someone who's literally going to be working hard, consistently working hard wherever they are because that's one thing, and that's what builds trust is when you see someone put in the work that you want to see when they're at third string, when they're at second string, first string. So no matter your opportunity – that's one thing is the, the consistency of hard work. Another thing is just when you get your name called, when your name or number is called and you need to be out there, because this happened plenty of times as well, we'd have a guy who has been wanting to be, you know, been wanting to play. He's been vocal about it. Maybe he even had a meeting with Coach Saban. That guy will be on the scout team, may not take it as seriously, or a guy may be like second string, and then he gets called to first string. And when he gets that opportunity, he forgets to play. You know, he forgets the play call. He for, he he misses a huge catch. And it's it's hard. Like, don't get me wrong. It's very hard if you – I remember even times when I got called up from scout team to come up and run routes, you know, with the first and second team. And I'm like, like, holy cow. Like, I don't – I haven't run through these plays every single day like these other guys have. But the key is to be – to put in that work, you know, regardless. Take mental reps and be prepared at all times because that's what is the big differentiator. When you are able to take someone – who hasn't been with the first strings or second strings, you throw them into that lineup, that like that group, that rotation. And if they're able to come out there and do their job 100%, you can trust them. And then hands, obviously, being able to catch. I know that's a huge thing. When I was there, we kept our drop percentages. We kept the amount of passes to us, how many targets we had, how many completions, completion rate. There's all these stats and statistics, and the numbers don't lie. Like, if you're catching the ball, you're catching the ball. And those guys are going to get more opportunities because if you can't catch the ball, there's no reason to even have you out there, wide receiver. I mean, your job is to catch the football. So those are some things I think really stand out to Coach Shaven. And when we talk about building that trust, those are some of the things that I think are most important to him. Oh, you talk about catching the football. This seems like a perfect opportunity. I know a guy who's caught a football with one finger before. (laughs) On Good Morning America. Real quick, give everybody the 60 seconds. Mac Hereford kind of got one of his mini viral videos, what, a year or so ago? Got you on Good Morning America. Yeah, it was. uh, So I I saw a video of a guy catching the football, doing like one less finger each time. He had a buddy filming it and all this stuff. And I was like, how can I? The the idea is always, how can I make something a little bit better? How can I make it more exciting? So I was like, I'm going to film it and I'm going to catch it. So I have my camera like right here against my chest, my other hand straight out in front, and I'm getting different QBs to throw it to me. And I'm catching with five fingers, four, three, then two, and then the one, the index finger, which is very hard. But like I saw it, I went out and just like started trying it because obviously I had the, uh, you know, practice and and footballs, catching footballs like 24 seven. I'm like, might as well try this. I got decent hand-eye coordination uh, and was able to do it after a couple of tries. And I was like, wow. And so I posted a video about it, blows up. And I'm like, okay, like, let me try this again. It kind of works. Started doing it and would do it in different places. And then one of them really caught, you know, attention. Um, Excuse me. It was on Sports Center. It was on Good Morning America and all this, all this stuff. And it was, it was crazy. I didn't really expect it to be there. And it's, I would have expected more people to try it or do it after me, but I haven't seen many people do it or attempt it, uh, but definitely like a cool thing. I don't think I have the skills, so I'm not going to waste the camera time <laughs> or a quarterback's arm throwing it over over and over at me. So and you, I think you got that one. That's awesome. I appreciate it. Uh, one thing I wanted to add, Joe, when we Please. talked about, because uh, I, I went by it, I'm just kind of uh, saying things pretty quickly, no, but um, when we talked about the things that Coach Shaben loves to see, one of the things that I missed that I think is huge is blocking ability. 
at the wide receiver position. Are you going to be able to block when you know you're not going to get the ball? Are you going to be able to give it 100% on plays that you know it's not designed to go to you? For example, there could be a route where you know, you're know you on the other side, you're solo wide receiver, and you have to run you know just straight vertical. And every single time, like, look, I knew you weren't really going to get the ball. It's really your runoff. You're trying to get that DB. You're trying to pull the defense to that side. You're usually not going to get the ball. But the thing is, some guys would go up there and take that rep kind of off, kind of jog it off. The important thing is to full speed into that because, look, at one point you may get the ball. Um, so just knowing when you may not get the ball, giving your 100% best effort because every single wide receiver, regardless if you're getting the ball in the play, is a part of the puzzle to tear that defense apart, get someone open, and make the play. I love that. I, love, I think you all – didn't you all used to refer to the brotherhood routes, run it for somebody else so, yep. so you can get open? I, I, I really – Maybe I'm just uh, crimson colored glasses, but I think that Malik Benson and uh, Ja'Cory Brooks and then with a little bit of Burton in there and Bond, I think the combination is really going to work work very well together. The skill sets, Benson with his uh, explosive speed and Burton, the physicality that you've outlined, I really just and – and Brooks kind of does a, a bit of everything. So I, I – Maybe I'm just crimson colored glasses, uh, but I'm excited for this group. And, and on that excitement, uh, Mac – we heard Kirk Herbstreit last week talking and saying, okay, people are counting out Alabama, so I'm betting on them to win the national championship. I think he was talking to Pat McAfee. And yesterday uh, yesterday we had uh, Paul Feinbaum was talking to an on-three sports guy and basically saying the same thing. I'm taking Alabama to win the title because everyone's counting them out. And one of my, my cousin, early commenter, basically saying not having a star quarterback is good for Alabama. They could focus on the defense. I think the other position groups around the quarterback are very, very strong. I think we're going to surprise a lot of people. People. Am I just uh, biased for living one mile away from the stadium, or do you see kind of the same sorts of things? I mean, you're asking someone who may be biased. I know, I know, <laughs> but, but uh, we're trying to find some adjustments. <laughs> but all to say, I mean, I, I don't want to go into depth on each position or anything, but right. look, it's, it's Alabama. You know, with the University of Alabama, I have faith in the program. This is going to be a big year that is a differentiating factor of do we still got it? Because people are asking that question everywhere. Like you're saying, people are doubting us constantly. What I would, what I think is that I think Coach Saban still does have it. I think that this team's got a big statement to make. And I like the fact that we're coming into it like this. If you ask me what position, like obviously everyone wants to be like number one going into the season. It would be cool to be like number one, everything. But like we're in a, a position where the pressure, we lack a little bit of that pressure because we're not expected to be the number one team. We're not expected to come out there and be the best, which it is every single year. We kind of have this underdog feel of like, I don't know, it just makes it, it's kind of badass. Like I would love to be on this team and be like, look, we have something cool to do here. Like people are doubting us. So I think that gives a little bit of a cooler narrative um, and, you know, it takes a little bit of pressure off guys and it kind of makes us a little bit sleeper people, a little bit of a sleeper. People are all worried about so-and-so or so-and-so these top, you know, the teams that are predicted to be like the top three teams or whatever. We're coming out there and people aren't thinking about us like that now. So I'm like, all right, like we, we can sneakily like come out there and just be a dog and dominate uh, and get back to the roots of Alabama football. So I'm excited to see the season. I think we're capable of it. Just got to see if guys are wanted enough. And, uh, you know, we have the weapons, we have the tools. Uh, so it'll be exciting to see.
Absolutely. Final football question for me here, Mac, and I really, really appreciate all your time today. Make sure you go follow Mac Hereford. If you are the one person not following him, you can follow him <laughs> at Mac underscore Hereford on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, and then just the, the whole name right there on TikTok. Last football question for us. I know you got a great relationship with Mac Jones, and he's got an interesting third year coming up, especially with the former Alabama offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien. Just your thoughts on your buddy uh, Mac Jones going into year number three. I Obviously, spent some time, caught some social media love for his uh, Taylor Swift concert. Uh, Great, great for him right there. But what do you think about Mac going into year number three? They just re-upped on on Parker, Devontae Parker's contract, and they brought in Bill O'Brien. Yeah, I think, you know, you look at Mac Jones, obviously, and had an unbelievable career at Alabama. Uh, Goes on to the Patriots, and things haven't gone as fast as I would like them to go because of being his friend and bias. Or of how fast he's, I would assume, how he's wanted it to go, you know, just like wanting things to click, having the weapons. I think if you look at it, he just doesn't have the Patriots have not given him enough weapons. Uh, if you look at, you know, year one, year two, and it's like, still, does he have enough weapons? Does he have the, the, the offensive line that he needs, the wide receivers that he needs? I think that's got to be tough on him. But what I do think is Mac Jones is a fighter and he's a baller and he's a workhorse. The guy's been working 24-7. I, I text him. I call him. I'm like, dude, stop. Like, just take, <laughs> please relax for a little bit and take a breath. He is working all the dang time. And what I think that shows you is that over the first, like year one, you get in there and you got to figure it out. He didn't have the tools. He didn't have the things he needed. Year two, similar sort of deal. Kind of, you need to get in with the coaching staff, get the vibe of the team. Like, look, you're jumping onto a whole new team. It takes a year, two years, three years even to build a great relationship with the team. And so he's getting to that point where he knows what his tools are. He knows what he what he has to work with. Um, and he's also worked his tail off and he's getting prepared for the next season. I think we see him have a great season this year. And when I say great season, doesn't mean it has to be statistical, you know, great season. He, I still don't think he has the weapons that he needs to, you know, really dominate uh, at the NFL level. But maybe he makes it happen with the weapons that he has. Uh, maybe he doesn't. But I just think there's one thing I can bet on, and that's Mac Jones' career being a great career in the NFL and being a long, great career. I'll, I'll bet on that every single day because Mac Jones has the it factor. Uh, and he will he'll make it you know he's gonna grind he's gonna find his way so excited to see what he does this year though for sure Mac, this has been a great half hour, sir. I really, really appreciate you joining us, giving us some insight on the wide receivers, really on all of the Alabama football team in 2023. Hopefully we can do it again pretty soon, but in the near future, you coming down to Tuscaloosa week number two for the Texas game? We will see. Stay tuned. Uh, I'm still, I've got to figure out this week's schedule. (laughs) Got to figure out where I'm going. I'm going different places all the time. I will be at a game this year for sure. Uh, and hopefully we'll we will meet up down there. Um, it's, it was a lot of fun last year um, doing the shows with you and the year prior, I think, as well. But uh, Joe, I, I always appreciate you having me on, making me feel good, and uh, hopefully people enjoy watching this, hearing about Alabama football, and you know, looking forward to a great season. At the end of the day, it's Alabama football, and you know that's that's what it is. Win or lose, still got to love the tide. So. Absolutely. Always rolling with the tide, no matter what. Follow Mac Hereford at Mac underscore Hereford if you are the one person not doing that. And <laughs> you can follow all of his uh, adventures this summer, playing golf, playing pickleball, getting out there and marketing, uh, dunking on a bus, playing playing basketball on a bus. That sounds like a lot of fun. Mac, thank you so, so, so much. Appreciate you, Joe. Have a good one. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's Mac Hereford joining us. 2016 and 2019, 2020 wide receiver. I am so grateful to have Mac. Uh, he rolled with a punch. I, I was like, I texted him earlier today. I was like, oh my gosh, I need to go 45 minutes earlier. Oh man, please. I had a, uh, we got a quick uh, work meeting to head to in a little while. And so Mac was so, so gracious to move uh, 45 minutes up just to talk to us today and talk to you guys. I hope you enjoyed the program. If you do, uh, shoot him a message on the social media is Mac underscore Hereford. And so that's going to do it for our program today. Mac Hereford joined us and really did say it was a make or break season for Alabama if we are still uh, on top or not. I'm looking forward to it. Look, I'm pumped for this year. I know you got a bunch of quarterback questions. I know you got a bunch of quarterback questions, but I think the offensive line is going to be really, really good. And I think the wide receivers as a whole are going to be improved. And look, you saw Jace McClellan let everybody know on social media last week that he was coming for all the heads in the SEC. So I'm pumped for this year's season, uh, despite all the quarterback questions. So we want to thank Mac Hereford for joining us. Uh, Real quick, set you up for tomorrow. I'm going to be joined by Hunter Johnson, Mr. Burner L. Johnson on the Twitter machine. Actually, got to text him and confirm, but once I confirm it, you will see the uh, little promos going out on my social media at JoeGaither6. You can find me right there on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, and keep up with all the action on the show. Make sure you download the show on Spotify, on Apple Music. Rate, review, subscribe, kind of chime in, leave a comment, even if you think it's cruddy. We love all the comments. We love all the criticism and the few the, the, the few compliments as well. So big thanks to Mac Hereford, Mr. Wide Receiver 2016 to 2020, two-time national champion, joined us in the last hour. If you missed any of the uh, any of our conversation, it'll be posted on the various podcasting platforms in just a little bit. We appreciate y'all hanging out with us on a Thursday. We'll be hanging out with Erner L. Johnson, Hunter Johnson of Twitter fame tomorrow right here on the Joe Gaither Show right here on BamaCentral.com.